0: Welcome everyone. Of course, my name is Crystal Andrews Morissette and I am always so excited to be here. It is Friday, May 31st and we are getting ready for another one of our empowered coaching conversations with real women from around the world. I do want to let you know that if you're on the line right now, if you've called into our private conference line, Thank you, because we wouldn't have a chat with Crystal without you, and I do want to let you know that if you would like to do some coaching right off the bat, all you have to do is press star 2 on your keypad, or if you're calling through the web, Press star 2 on your, I guess it's still your keypad, and let me know that you'd like to do some coaching today. Always remember, we don't really have a coaching call if we don't have anyone to coach, so I'm really counting on those of you that are on the line right now. This may be your lucky day. This may be your day, and so don't poo-poo on it because if you're here and you've called in, even if you've done coaching before, this is an opportunity for us to chat at No charge and to get the support that you need. Remember, you know, empowerment is, you know, when I think back to, you know, all of us, um, we teach what we need to learn. So if you ever feel like nervous or intimidated or unsure, I get it. I've had coaching, too, and I know how unnerving it can be to put yourself out there, to have the courage to talk about what's going on in your life, and even to do it on a radio podcast where, but the great news is you're anonymous. And I've done coaching as well, both as the coach and as the coachee. And let me tell you, I know it's a lot easier to be the coach than it is to be the coachee. So I do want to really support you and let you know that I've got you, I've got your back, And I understand what it feels like sometimes to be in a situation, you might be really intelligent, you might have a great education, you might be really successful in many areas of your life, but there's this thing, this thing going on for you that you just can't quite get a hold of, or get a hold on, or have an understanding of like, why, why do I keep maybe creating patterns, different people same thing comes up or why am I triggered by a certain kind of person and it doesn't matter I thought it was that it was him or I thought it was about her but I'm what I'm really starting to realize is I got a thing with certain people that bug me and I don't want to live my life being triggered by that I don't want to live my life feeling like I don't have a handle on it or I don't have a grasp on it so that's what empowerment coaching is and you know when I think back to when I first started my quote-unquote empowerment process, well, a lot of times people will say, when did it start, Krista? How old were you? How did you know you were going to be a coach? I didn't. I had no idea I was going to be a coach until I was in my 30s, really, honestly. But everything in my life prepared me for it. And that's allowed me to realize that even all the most turbulent, tough times, I would never wish them upon anybody and I'd never want to go through them again. But I know that because of that contrast, I know that because of the times where I felt like I was lost in a forest and I had no idea how to find my way out, um, that there is a way out and there is a process and there is a formula. And that's what empowerment coaching is. It's not just me chit-chatting with you. I I joked when we sent out our our, um, broadcast to let people know, you know, call in today. And my husband always calls my Friday chat with Crystal chitty chat with the kitty cat. I always think that's cute. Chitty chat with the kitty cat. But it's a lot more than just a little chitty chat. Let's not kid ourselves. We have really refined the process of empowerment coaching and there is a real formula to it. And, you know, it's amazing because I pulled out my my book that I wrote that happened to get featured on Oprah.com three times. You can actually go on Oprah.com and put in emotional age quiz and you can take the quiz to see really how empowered you are, your emotional age, how are you showing up in the world? And, you know, I found my very first journal before I was writing that book, The Emotional Edge. And it's so amazing when I looked at the very first line. It was February 23, the 20, February 23rd, rather, 1997, 1997, that was what, 22 years ago? Um, just over 22 years ago. And I wrote on February 23rd, 1997, I just want to be empowered. My very first journal, my very first line, I just want to be empowered. It's amazing. You know, the great book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. He writes in that book, Um, You know, he studied hundreds and hundreds of successful, successful men. This book was written about 100 years ago. Um, Henry Ford and, you, you know, just very, I forget all the people in the book. And he interviewed them and he spent Dale Carnegie and he spent time learning from them. And one of the things that he said to be successful is, number one, you have to want it. And you have to want it so badly that it becomes a burning desire. A burning desire, he said, is the root of all achievement. It's interesting when I look back at that first journal entry, I just want to be empowered. I just want. I want this. I want to be empowered. And it was a decision that I had to make to decide. You know, and it's amazing because at the time, I was 26 years old, yeah, because I'd be turning, I would have been turning 1997, I would have been turning 27 that December, I'm born in December of 1970, so I was 26 years old, I had two beautiful little babies, my eldest Madeline was born in 95, so she was uh, two years old, and my youngest was um, like a six-month-old baby, Um, and I had these gorgeous babies, I had a gorgeous home. Like I was very successful when I look back and think, Crystal, you were 26 years old and you lived in a gorgeous panoramic house on the water. You had a husband who was a bodybuilder. We had a prosperous health club. We had money in the bank. We were investing monthly. I would competed in and won fitness competitions like the Junior Ontario Bodybuilding Championships. I won that when I was 18. And the Miss Galaxy I went on to compete in and um, came seventh out of 250 women from around the world. And the only reason I probably didn't place in the top three was that I had a terrible injury during that event. You would think I'd be empowered, right? I came home, we we had a chain of health clubs, I, was, I opened my first health club at 21, called Crystal's Health and Fitness Spa, and then I helped my husband, I ran a chain of 12, and then I helped my husband open his Adonis Health and Fitness a year later. I'd filmed a national episode of Really Me on YTV, a, a, a national television show that played for probably five years, it would run almost weekly across Canada. I'd been on the cover of a few fitness magazines. I'd been invited to be a guest on a Canadian national t v talk show called the Shirley Show. I don't know if you remember the Shirley Show. I said yes, and I'd even been asked to pose in Playboy after being on that show. I was contacted by Playboy and they asked me if I wanted to I said no so you you know when I look back at that and this is what I opened up my book The Emotional Edge with. I was attractive, I was strong, I was smart. I was kind and friendly. I had everything. Stainless steel professional series appliances. I had a 600 square foot kitchen, a table that sat 12. My husband had a Corvette convertible in the garage and I drove a minivan. What else would one want? And yet I didn't feel empowered. I didn't feel empowered. Empowerment to me meant feeling at ease within and about myself. And since I had this one thought that dominated my thoughts when I was 26, February 23rd, 1997, I had this one thought that dominated me, constantly reminding me of how unacceptable I was. I knew that deep down I wasn't empowered. Instead, I felt like maybe if I did more, I'd be more. If I got enough, I'd be enough. If I, but I was tired of doing and having. And my goodness, I was only 26. And the night before I bought that first blank journal, my little Madeline, two years old, sleeping peacefully in her canopy bed, gorgeous little room. I was sitting in my rocking chair, nursing my youngest daughter. I was listening to Bob Green's Make the Connection. My husband wasn't home from work yet. It was 11 p.m., and I was sobbing. I was sobbing listening to Make the Connection. And it's interesting. I remember hearing Oprah say in her 25th season, because I watched Oprah all the time, all the time. Oh, my Internet's deciding to go down. I hope my Internet was fine there. Um, Funny enough, I heard Oprah say years later in her 25th season, I didn't really know what the connection was that Bob was always talking about. And I'll be honest with you, that night, I didn't really know either. But something in me, in my heart, something in my heart cracked open just wide enough for me to believe that maybe I too could be happy and thin again, thin again. <clears throat> I put on weight having children. And when I look back now, it shocks me that at 27 years old, I've put on some weight because I've had babies. I have everything someone could want for, dream for. And it shocks me at that time that I wasn't thinking about, you know, finally dealing with the time my parents split up when I was 12. You know, I I write about this in the book. Like, I was 12 years old. My father told me he was going out to get a gallon of milk and a pack of cigarettes, and he never came home. I remember going downstairs later that night and saying to my mom, where's dad? And she laughed and said, oh, he's never coming back. My parents, I had no idea my parents were even arguing. And yet nothing in my life or my siblings' lives would ever be the same. My parents never sat us down and explained what was happening. Things were never talked about. My dad moved out three cities away. Oh, he won't be happy if he hears this. He had a new crazy-ass girlfriend. A month later, my brother left. I never said goodbye to either of them. I wasn't thinking at 26 years old when I was overweight that maybe I needed to heal from the multitude of traumas that came after that. My mother threw herself into bodybuilding. That's why I became a bodybuilder. And partying. And she moved her 24-year-old boyfriend in, and that's when sexual abuse began to occur and I moved out at 15 into, it, it, just terrible, just terrible. I was stranger raped at 14, I went to my first high school party and a, a, an older man, an older guy that I didn't know happened to be at that party and I just, it, it's crazy. I was diagnosed with an STD and cervical cancer at what, 17? I was on my own taking the city bus to the hospital by myself. And I wasn't thinking about, I wonder if the cancer is going to come back again. No, no, no. I wasn't thinking about any of these things. I wasn't thinking about my hurt heart. I wasn't thinking about my inability to trust. I wasn't realizing that maybe my weight represented protection. I was now a mother. No, no. I wasn't thinking about any of those things. I was thinking about how had I gotten this fat? I'd gotten this fat. And when I look back on that now, at 48 years old, turning 40, am I 48? Yeah, 48. I'm 48. Yeah, 49. I'm gonna be 49 this year. It shocks me that I, I couldn't see that the suffering I was experiencing had nothing to do with the numbers on a scale. And yet rather than face and begin to process the emotional, the sexual, the physical, the verbal, the mental abuse I'd suffered, I believed if I could just lose weight, I would be happy, I would be happy. And what I've come to learn since that time, and I've now done, what, 22 years of deep empowerment work, profound healing, making peace with myself, making peace with my past, understanding the patterns that I created because of what I learned and how I learned to protect myself and how I, you know, the brain is a pattern searching machine. It's literally constantly looking for patterns in our lives to make sense of things, To make sense of like, oh, people like that I should stay away from. People like that are... But you see, when you've been abused, you actually lose sense of safety. What is safe? How do I stay safe? Who are the good people? Who are the bad people? And you've been groomed to be abused that somehow there's an energy you give off that invites more abuse in. And I hadn't learned any of that. Now imagine... Skip ahead, 1997 to 2006, we're talking nine years later. We're talking only nine years later. You cannot imagine the bewildering feeling I had when I walked into the largest bookstore in Canada, Chapters Indigo at the Toronto Eaton Centre in the heart of downtown Toronto. I swear to you, I have the flyer still. I walked in there and there was my face. The cover of my book, Simply Woman, blown up like huge poster size with stacks and stacks of my books placed on tables at the front of the store. No one had told me. My publisher hadn't told me. I, there I was, blown up as the reader's choice across Canada. Apparently 40,000 iRewards members, that's that's the readers for chapters Indigo and Coles, were asked to recommend the book that helped them lead a healthier lifestyle and achieve their personal best. 40,000 readers. And there I was, my little book, never written in a journal before, never written anything down on paper before. My little book came in at number 14. I was in complete and utter shock. I was one of the only Canadian authors that made the list. I was like, I was ahead of like Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way, Dr. Phil, Anthony Robbins. I was ahead of Don Miguel, Miguel Ruiz, Joel Osteen. Joel Oste, Oste, Oste. Can I not say his name right now? Robin Sharma. I was ahead of the Dalai Lama, Eckhart Tolle. I was ahead of John Gray, Sean Covey, Jack Canfield, M. Scott Pack. I was even ahead of my own mentor and my publisher, Louise Hay. I was amazed. And that success affirmed to me that no matter who you are or what has happened to you, if you decide to, you can create a successful life. I knew in that moment that empowerment is our birthright. We were designed to expand our lives, to follow what lights us up, and to let our inner light expand into the brightest, happiest, most empowered version of ourselves possible. And that became a journey for me in my 30s. And that was now what, you know, 2006, 2007. I opened the SWAT Institute, Simply Woman Accredited Trainer, in 2009, three years later. And we are now number one on Google around the world, if you were to put in empowerment coaching, women's empowerment coaching. Um, Number one, I'm the number one empowerment coach in the entire world, and I've never done one Google ad Not one, not ever. So today, if you would like to get some coaching, I would love to support you. If you're on the line right now, you are anonymous, you are safe. I know it takes courage, but all you have to do is press star two and it will put you in the queue. All you have to do right now on your keypad or on your webinar, on your computer, on your laptop, on your iPad, press star two. Nobody has raised their hand yet today, so I'm going to share a little bit more, and i am really got my fingers crossed because we've got a nice group of ladies on the line. There's a small group. There's only like 10 of us right now. They're on this conference line, so you are so safe. I would love to be able to support you in whatever is going on in your life, and it may even just be to tell us a great story. Maybe you'd love to share with us how empowerment has changed your life or how empowerment coaching has impacted you. And again, I would love for you to press star two, and it will help me see that you would like to have a conversation with me today. And I'm counting on you. Somebody. I'm going back to my notes, ladies, because I want to finish just sharing this with you because Stephen Hawking explains, you know, and I never studied, like, a brief history in time. I never studied physics and quantum physics until my 30s. I became completely and utterly fascinated with empowerment and energy. And the idea, the science behind it became so fascinating to me that I thought, why are they not teaching this in schools beginning in kindergarten? Why are they not getting a dimmer switch on a light and showing children that you were born with a bright, beautiful light inside of you? And that's actually the truth. Not only do we know that we have biophotons of light that can be seen, we know science says that if you were to put you or me under a microscope and zoom down, like put your hand under a microscope, and zoom down onto your hand, yeah, the first layer is cellular, That's factual. You are a cellular being. However, on a deeper level, if you continued to to zoom deeper, you would see that you're made up of atoms. And those atoms, it's so baffling, are 99.999999% empty. They are a little empty bundle of vibrating energy. And so we are all these actual energy beings. We're not, there's no matter. Actually, Albert Einstein said matter and energy are perfectly interchangeable. So stay with me because science tells us that we are this ball of energy and that we live in this infinite, ever-expanding universe. We know that because we know that the planets are slowly moving apart So we are a part of this ever-expanding universe. Stephen Hawking explains it so beautifully in A Brief History of Time. He said, The discovery that the universe is expanding was one of the greatest intellectual revolutions of the 20th century. With hindsight, it is easy to wonder why no one had thought of it before. Newton and others should have realized that a static universe would soon start to contract under gravity. But suppose instead that the universe is expanding. If it was expanding fairly slowly, the force of gravity would cause it to stop expanding and then to start contracting. Stay with me. This is unbelievable when you understand desire and wants and why it's so important for you to want what you want with a burning desire if you really want to achieve it. He goes on to say, If it was expanding at a more than critical rate, gravity would never be strong enough to stop it and the universe would continue forever. This is a bit like what happens when one fires a rocket upward from the surface of the Earth. If it has a fairly slow speed, gravity will eventually stop the rocket and it will start falling back to the Earth. On the other hand, if that rocket has more than a critical speed seven miles per second gravity would never be strong enough to pull it back so it will continue to move away from the earth forever what does this mean for you it means first of all let me tell you what it means for you before i tell you that if any of you have ever studied or enjoyed abraham hicks uh, esther and jerry hicks um i got to travel with them sometimes when we did hay house events and um And Jerry has passed now, but Esther is just, just a, just a fabulous. And she would often talk about your desires are like rocket ships that are rocketing away and you've got to, they're rocketing out. But she was actually (laughs) speaking science. In other words, your desire, if your desire and passions are strong enough, gravity, life will never be able to pull them back. And that's how dreams manifest. So when someone takes away your ability to expand your life, when you've been controlled, abused, oppressed, disempowered, you begin, as Hawking points out, to contract. That is, you literally feel like you're beginning to die inside. You feel yourself dimming down, dimming your light, losing energy. But when you are your own person, when you're your own woman, and you feel like you can make your own decisions and follow your dreams, you literally begin expanding your light, yourself, your abilities, your power, your energy. Like similar to that rocket firing upward from the surface of the earth. And this is how dreams manifest. And this is is the necessity of choice empowerment equals choice when you take away choice you take away empowerment and when you think you have no choice you disempower yourself you know all of our religious texts insist that God gave us free will we have to be able to make our own decisions in order to expand consciousness in order to be empowered in order to expand our lives And so as you take back the reins in your life, when you start focusing on expansion, do you know what I mean by expansion? Expansion. I'm going to give you a simple metaphor of expansion. I want you to take a deep, fully expanded breath. And then we're going to get to our coaching here in just a minute. I want you to take a fully deep, expanded breath and notice how you feel. and Just hold it for a second. And then contract your lungs and exhale completely. And notice the difference in your posture, in your body, and your confidence. Now take another deep breath. This time, let's hold it for like five seconds. And then see if you can take like three more tiny inhales and hold them too. Just hold them. Okay, blow the air out of your lungs. Do you notice how holding on, you actually begin to suffocate? Even if your lungs are filled with air, if you hold on you begin to suffocate yourself. And even if you were to exhale all the air out and then quickly exhale again, three pops, hold, stay static, don't move, don't breathe, don't expand, wait, that's fear. That's what fear does in the body. It grips, it constricts, it contracts, it holds on. Life, or in yoga, we call it pranayama, breath, pranayama, life. Trust the gentle inhale that will follow. This is called receiving, releasing, allowing, expanding, giving, receiving. Flow in and out. And we can't expand and empower collective consciousness until we expand and empower our own consciousness. What does consciousness mean? Let's just keep it simple your energy. Do you have the edge, your energy? Do you have an emotional edge? Are you empowered in the way that you talk to yourself, in the way that you think about yourself, in the way that you're showing up in your life, in the way that you see people, animals, the world, nature? Do you look out at the world through really empowered lenses where the world looks beautiful to you, the world looks loving, the world looks like it's in high definition, technicolor? Or do you feel like you're kind of in shades of gray? I would love to support you and coach you today. So if you're on the line right now, start to, put you in the queue and we'll be able to do some coaching. And I see a few hands have gone up and I'm going to someone the last four digits of your phone number are seven four nine three. I'm unmuting your line now. You don't have to do anything. Hi, who's this on the line? This
1: is
0: Naomi. Naomi. Is this our Hi. Naomi? Is this our Naomi goddess warrior woman? yes it is <laughs> <laughs> that's the lack of truth yes you are how are you darling
1: i'm doing really well um, i just the work that i've done with you and um your online formats and empowerment work and working through the map of empowerment everything that you were just talking about um, I raised my hand before that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this was meant for me today, and mm-hmm. I'm so nervous. My hands are sweating.
0: Take a deep breath. Because take a deep breath. Uh
1: huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're expanding uh-huh. right now. You're in expansion and fear. You know, Naomi. You know something. You know, good old Doctor Phil. Whether you love him or hate him, or or you're just indifferent. I was watching him the other day, and he was talking about fear and anxiety, and he said fear is real. Like it is real. like we all go fear, false evidence of fear. And he said, no, there's fear and you should know fear. And fear is a very healthy thing. If something like scary is actually happening, you should feel afraid to have the adrenaline to kick you into action, to run out of get the hell out of Dodge. But anxiety is different. Anxiety doesn't serve us. And anxiety mm-hmm. is, is sort of this, the thoughts around what could happen or so right now you don't, you're not in fear. You don't have anything to be afraid of. You might have a little bit of anxiety. That's not serving you. So just trust and know you're in the safest place you can be, and I got your back.
1: Thank you so much. And it's amazing because I feel so empowered in most aspects of my life. In my career, which wasn't always the case, and my spiritual practices, my relationships. When it comes to sex, that's where things get really... Uncomfortable, and I realize that while I'm starting to work and open myself to um, options that are outside of the norm, um, I hear that old voice from being raised Catholic coming up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that um, that I'm Jezebel if I go down that path. Um, and that I'm sinning. And it's interesting because I haven't practiced Catholicism in so long mm-hmm. and have really thought of myself as an open person. However, in this state, there's a lot of um, guilt and potentially shame coming up that has rocked my world.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of women have to work this out. And you know it's interesting? Just I'm just speaking right off the top of my head, is if you were to see pictures of you, you are... Your pictures, it's I always find it interesting, even when I talked about we teach what we need to learn, because your pictures, and it is who you are, Naomi. Hear me loud and clear. You're not you're not fake, you're not fronting something, you're not faking something. Your pictures ooze with sexuality and sexual power and in a in the most beautiful way like they don't ooze in a yucky way they just ooze with chemistry and confidence and sexuality in a woman who owns every inch of her body so this is what you're supposed to teach that's what's so beautiful about this just like when i was like i didn't feel empowered but yet look what i've gone on to do in my life so first i'm gonna say that um raised catholic and Mm-hmm. Tell me, did you have a um, a wounding sexual experience at all in your life growing up?
1: Absolutely. I had a number of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that if you're comfortable.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So um, my first sexual assault experience was when I was 12 and I was my friend's brother. And um, it was really difficult because it was scary it was painful but also my body responded of course in a way that i'd never experienced before and felt pleasure yeah and that created a conflict that then cycled throughout my life of not really understanding consent and sometimes my body wanting things that my soul didn't yeah and feeling really torn about how do i know if this is healthy for me um and if i'm doing this from an empowered space or if i'm doing this from a wounded place yeah so
0: when you think about sex, so Naomi, when you when you mm-hmm. now talk about sex in your most honest moment, just between me and you, when you think about sex and you say, like, I I'm sort of like I was raised Catholic, kind of the Puritan. When we do our emotional edge work, it would be like your mm-hmm. Puritan is in battle with your charmer right now. So yeah. your charmer is the, this beautiful, sexy, charming, delicious part of you that is, matters. She needs a place. She needs a space. And then you've got this Puritan part of you that is that we're just trying to get you into heaven. I just need you to get into <laughs> heaven. You're not going to get into heaven if you do those sexual things because it's really bad and you're evil and you're going to go to hell for being sexual. And then at the same time, you've got complete confusion over your own body and the pleasure and what it what sex is and how amazing it can be and then you're conflicted with am I is this really serving me do I really like this do I not like this can I ask you this when you're having sex Mm -hmm. with someone that you feel safe do you Mm -hmm. enjoy it absolutely so it's not that you don't like sex
1: it's that you Mm -hmm. love
0: you do you love
1: having sex with someone you love I love it, and my challenge is I'm wanting to have sex with more than just one person to open up my spiritual work, sexual hands-on energy work, and to encompass it all. It came through in a ceremony that I want to do that with more than one person, and that's where the conflict came from. Okay, so
0: I, I love that you're just being so honest because this is amazing. So it's not like you're like, Crystal, I, I got some sexual issues. Like when I get into a relationship, I shut down, and I don't even want to have sex. You're more like... I want to really have sex and I want to enjoy it. I want to be with different people and I want to explore my body and I want to feel completely liberated and I want to know what that's going to be like and if that's going to soothe something in my soul, if that's going to give me some kind of extra courage. Like, you're curious. Yes. Right. What's wrong with that?
1: I'm the wrong part and what I'm worried about is the idea of it's beautiful and empowering and healing mm-hmm. because that's when I can talk about consent with safe people and stretch my limits. Mm-hmm. But the fear is that the idea versus the reality. I get and The reality may be the shame and that I can't believe you did that and you dishonored your body and...
0: Mm -hmm. your soul. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to stay with this. I love this conversation. I love, I love this conversation. I think it's a conversation that more women need to have openly because we've been taught almost like you wait till you get married and then you have sex with one person and you stay with that one person forever. And if you have any desire or temptation or you have, you're really not a good girl, but the truth is there's very few of us that have done that and lived that way. So mm-hmm. most women are carrying a shame story, first of all. Most women carry this just horrible, illegitimate guilt and shame story around sexuality. Um, I feel like telling my daughter, because my daughter's my executive assistant, she's on the line right now, and I want to say, Madeline, hang up, you're 24 years old, but I don't want you to hear my <laughs> mother talking. Like, because, right, it, it's just still the, the story that we all have. So <clears throat> here's what I would first say, is you have to explore your belief systems around sex. And you have to ask yourself, are you trying? Do Is it possible that you're trying to recreate what your first time should have been like? Are you trying to recreate such safety, consent, love, pleasure, intimacy, um, consent, connection? Are you trying to Get that first time and I'll tell you that a lot of women who have been sexually abused don't realize Mm -hmm. it and they lash themselves for being quote unquote promiscuous, not realizing that every sexual encounter is an unconscious attempt to make sex holy. Because it wasn't the first time. And the first time we remember forever, even when you're 80 years old, if someone says, do you remember the first time you had sex? And if you've been sexually abused, I remember it. I remember my first time having sex. I was raped. I was 14 by a stranger. um, And it was devastating for me. And the second time I had sex, it was a man that I was babysitting his children And he came in the night and raped me while I slept in the bunk bed under his four-year-old. So I understand. And again, I really don't want my daughter listening to this because I think we we have to pick and choose what we want our kids to hear. But I would always say to my daughters, when you see that girl in school that you guys all think she's promiscuous or whatever you might want to call her, I guarantee something has happened to her. Naomi, I, I guarantee that there is some quest that we're trying to reclaim our sexuality to make it pure again. And I don't know that you will get that by having more sex with more people. However, you might with people that you've decided, I choose you. I want this. I want to feel pleasure in my body without any guilt. This is two adults or three adults or four adults or whatever it is. If you're not hurting Mm -hmm. anybody, that is your choice as an empowered woman to make. And what I would say is get your head clear so that love it. If you're going to do it, do it without an ounce of shame and do not beat yourself up the next day. Say, I chose that. I wasn't a victim to that. It was fun. I was pleasured. They were pleasured. It was just a whole bunch of adults pleasuring each other, and it was fun, and it was beautiful, and everybody left it feeling fabulous. I will also say, though, there are many of those experiences that when it's all said and done, especially if you do it with someone you love, and the two of you enter into that, oh, 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 oh boy, feelings can get hurt. We're human. You're like, I'm looking at someone that I love too. I thought I could share I can't. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of variables here. And I think it's just so honest of you. I, again, like I don't want my kids to hear, but I became more liberated in my 30s for sure. So I don't need Mm -hmm. to get into my details, but I definitely understand everything you're saying. And and I'm free. I will (laughs) say that I am sexually free from what I chose to do. I do feel free, and I do feel like, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and I'm so ready to be with my husband and only my husband.
1: And that's what I'm really feeling, Crystal. Like I am feeling called to do this work, so I am able to settle down in a relationship, Um, but right now, I don't want to be with just one person. And it could take months before I meet another person because it's building trust is important. Yes. And also, like, these are some of my wounds because I've been sexually assaulted numerous times in my life. Yes, you so have quite a story. Naomi,
0: I them, <clears throat> Naomi yeah. you have a story in our book. You were like yeah. You have a story in our Simply Woman book, stories from 30 remarkable women <clears throat> who have risen against the odds. And you have a story of being... I I like just one of the most horrendous stories in our entire book of what you went through. So what I'm saying is you're definitely in a deep healing process and someone who hasn't gone through all those things might say that it's not going to help you girl, that it's going to make things worse, girl, you, but they haven't walked in your shoes. And here's what I would say though, is if you're going to have sex with different people and that's what you choose, I definitely think you want to really make sure that person is emotionally balanced is understands the parameters understands what you're here to do i am not here for a relationship i am not here to fall in love i don't want you calling me or texting me all the time this is purely for physical sexual and emotional freedom if that's what it feels it will give to you. What do you feel it will give to you?
1: I feel I feel that I can do major healing in relationships. So what's really big for me is consent and eye contact because there are times where I've been intimate with partners that were lovely and I'm thinking about groceries and thinking about my to-do list or my brain just goes off and I'm like, I don't really like the way that feels, but I don't say anything.
0: So I wouldn't or, say, oh, that though, that Naomi, I wouldn't say that that comes from having multiple people you have sex with, I think that really comes from the work you must do for you so that
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you are having sex, you absolutely know what your needs are, and you absolutely, excuse me, I can't believe I keep having this like little rumbling in my throat, um, and you absolutely know what you want, why you're doing it, what you're looking for. It's communicated in advance. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you were with a partner that you you thought it was lovely, I've had, I'll tell you something, too. Before I had my little bit of my 30s of sexual freedom, um, I would be having sex with my first husband and be thinking about the groceries and thinking about the kids and, like, how much longer is this going to be? And I, he would die if he heard me say that. But it was when I went through a period, I didn't, I, I ended up, I ended up leaving my husband and I got together with, I now call him my gigolo. I didn't know I was with a gigolo and the gigolo was the craziest lover in the world who exposed me to a lot of things. And I was constantly probably f- for the first couple of years with him. I was crying all the time. I was like, it's so exciting. It's so horrible. I hate it because I had all the same things. I was raised in a Born again, Pentecostal yeah. home. So it was like, this is terrible. This is evil. This is a sin. And he would say, Where did you learn that?
1: Where did you it's get like this? you just thats exactly what I have a relationship partner right now. That is amazing and healing, and taught me consent at each stage and makes sure makes sure that I'm present and we communicate beautifully. And I love him. And I'm like, I want three months of sexual freedom. To explore um, other things that, is always, that I've wanted to try for a decade um, but had been too insecure or ashamed to yeah. try because yeah. it, was, it went in the bad box.
0: And do you want to do that with him or not let him
1: know and do it with other people? Oh no I actually told him I want to do it with other people and I said that he could be a part of it but I don't know if that's the space that we're in but I want a few months to not be committed To do this and that, I'm not going to share with him my sexual like the details of what it looks like because that's for me, me alone. Yeah, that would be a very open.
0: That's a pretty open. um, Like, there's a part. Listen, I'm like duality, right? Like, listen, this is what empowerment is. Is is this? We have this full spectrum, and we get to choose. That's what makes it empowered. Mm -hmm. So, if you're told you're not allowed to do that, you're very disempowered sexually. If If you were with someone that said, this is what you want. And now, on the other hand, I have a husband who is straight as an arrow. And when I got together with him after being with the gigolo, my husband would be like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not, 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 uh, no. Like, there were so many boundaries put on me. But you know what, Naomi? I realize now, looking back, I needed it. I needed a man that said, No. I needed a man I needed someone who loved me enough to say, no, no, that'll not be good for us. That would not be good for our marriage. That'll not be good for my heart. I don't know that I'd ever be able to look at you the same. I will love you forever. I'll never stop loving you, but that won't be good for me, him. No. Like that right down to right down to Naomi. Like I I could make a joke, like it could be like Friday night, we've had a few drinks, and I'm like, hey, do you want to watch something a little sexy? My husband would say. Absolutely not, I have you. My eyes are designed to only be into you. Now, that's so exciting in one way. But after 12 years of marriage, you're like, okay, what can we do? And he's like, why can't we just do us? And coming from a family and a mother and nobody protected me. And nobody ever said no. In fact, I had a mother who had a different partner, sexual partner, probably every weekend she'd bring home. And I'd hear them and the break for love would be booming through the house and I'd hear my mother having sex. And it was so unhealthy. I I saw such extreme, my dad got together with a crazy lady that just the stuff I saw around sexuality was so insane that I became my first marriage was just like the blinders went on I was a little house in the prairie I was bored I was bored sexually I was just bored and then I one day just go off the deep end I'm 30 and I, I need to be empowered and I clearly can't do it with this man so I got to leave you then I met the gigolo and I'm telling you that I could never have stayed in a relationship with him there was after we crossed lines There was a sick feeling in my stomach at times. There was a, uh, that's me. And when I got together with my husband, Uh yes, I wish sometimes it was, we were swinging from the chandeliers a little more, but I've been there, done that, and maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to explore it all to feel like I do now. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I'm so glad I experienced it. Really, really, really am. I have such freedom and such a love of other women, other men. I think whatever makes you happy, if it gives you pleasure, if it's not hurting anyone, go for it. But don't lash yourself the next day if you're going to do it because that's where you'll eat yourself up. Yeah. So you've got to embrace your daughter energy. You've got to have a good old talk with your mother energy and say, listen, we're getting into heaven. This is my body. This is mm-hmm. m- my pleasure. This is my choice. I'm hurting no one. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm being safe. I want to do this. And your mother energy is going to have to, you're going to have to have a little chat with her and tell her she's going to go on a vacation on Friday night and she's not going to be around because <laughs> she's not coming with you to that party. Um, you know, and, and then get really comfortable with your charmer, your goddess warrior, get to know her and be like, girl, it's your time. You want to do it? Let's do it. I got you. You're safe you're protected and you gotta do you Naomi you've gotta do you
1: mm-hmm. thank you what do you yeah, think what do you
0: feel I don't know if that's that's helped you
1: <laughs> it, 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 it does help because what it's interesting as I, I've been introduced to more people who are poly recently and that's really, I'm seeing the logic in it. Although my wounded self is like, no, I need to be attached to one person and then they can't leave me and we have to build this. And I say, okay, wait, wait, I
0: got to stop you. You haven't found uh the right person then because when you, if you do choose to be in a monogamous relationship, you're certainly not in a relationship where you're thinking the way you just said it. The way you just said it felt like a a prison sentence.
1: Yeah, well, with my current partner, it's not like that at all. It is absolutely amazing, ideal, dream person. Okay, so let me ask you this. Is he
0: going to be okay? Are you going to be doing these things with him? And how does he feel about that? He's this grounded, secure, loving person. How is he going to feel if all of a sudden he sees his woman having sex with another man?
1: Well, you wouldn't be a part of it at all. But he comes over tonight and we're going to have a conversation.
0: How would you um, feel? I'm just going to ask you this. And I think it's great. I think you're a free spirit. I'm so yeah. not judging you. You're a free spirit. How you have to just put yourself in every So if he if you knew he was having sex with other women, would you be OK with it?
1: I would be absolutely devastated.
0: There you go. That's yeah. my point. So you have to like, listen, OK. Naomi, I can't believe the shit I say, and I'm saying it to Who knows how many people are going to listen? I am a free bird. Do you not think that if I could, I would? I would. I would. I love fun. What's it going to hurt? Let's just have some fun. But just like you just said, my husband would, and I probably would be too. If I, I act like I'm all that, I act like I'm so fun and free. But the truth is... If I saw my husband kissing another woman, I think I would throw up and I'd be, like, (laughs) devastated, you know? So I'm just saying that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And if you're truly a free spirit, that means free for all, not just free for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I love that you're saying this. We've had these conversations. and I told him that I would be jealous, and I don't like that about myself. But that's something... I was like, I want to be this free, free person, and I'm not, but I also want a few months before I settle down into a marriage-like relationship to explore things. Um, And he uh, is open. We're going to Burning Man together, and he's like, there are some safe opportunities for us to explore this together. And, um, yeah, it's just that... that You might shock yourself.
0: You yourself um, You might shock yourself and realize you're not as jealous as you think you are. That's what happened for me in truth you know what it all did for me it made me realize everybody's got a body everybody deserves love everybody deserves pleasure everybody deserves to be treated with respect and consent and dignity and love and beauty and it made me never be jealous of another woman again that's the truth of what it did for me it made me think i can't even imagine being mad at that woman because my partner wanted to be with another woman and I allowed it. And now I can't hate her. I no. It really actually oh, freed yeah. me. It really did. It freed me. Now that's not saying go do it. I'm saying that it did the opposite for me. Like at first I felt jealous and then I thought, um everybody's got their own body. Everybody gets to do what they want to do with their own body. And it's not for me to tell somebody else what they get to do. However, if that's what you want to do. I can't keep doing it with you. And I ended the relationship because of that. He was too sexually free and I couldn't, I, I just, yeah, it was like once, once in a while, it was like once a year you did something silly and then you're like, woo, now you can talk about it for the next year and you'd think you're so wild and you're so fun, but no, I can't do that. I can't keep doing that. That's going to eat my soul alive. And it, it would have eaten my soul yeah. alive. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think you're okay to be curious. How old are you? Do you mind me asking? I'm 34. You're at the age. Summer. That's exactly the age that I did. That's <laughs> yes. exactly the I've age. I
1: turned on all the time. That's exactly. And was. I <laughs> am just. It's sometimes the energy is so big and so much, and I'm just like, oh, I need to. And I've okay. I started. Okay, wait, a plastic, wait, but oh my gosh, I'm gonna step
0: Glancy. in. Imagine if you harnessed that sexual power into your career you would be a force of nature. Think and Grow Rich. There's another book that says, harvest all that sexual power and all that powerful energy into your career. If I'd stayed with him, I would have ended up being someone that maybe took ecstasy and had... He took his Viagra and we had sex for a weekend and I was swinging off the chandeliers. And then Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday I was exhausted and then I had to go through the emotional lashing of myself and then pull myself back together and then have this amazing sex again. and If I would have stayed with him, I would never have created the SWAT Institute. Number one, out of shame. I could never do the work I do with women because underneath it I'd be like, I know I'm giving you all this great advice, but underneath it, I have a shame story around my partner and around our sexuality. Like, I think I have channeled all that sexual energy that I had in my 30s into my greatness. Because believe you me, I still got massive amounts of sexual drive. It is. My husband just can't keep up and he gets frustrated. He's like, literally like, like I'll, I make jokes and say, I think every woman needs two men. I make jokes to him and he'll be like, honey. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know. But if I did that, he would lose his effing marbles on me. And the truth is, I would feel ashamed. And then I'd be coaching women. I'd be thinking, damn, I'm not all that I tell people I am. And there'd be a story in there for me. So it's not for me, it's not worth it. But I definitely say do your thing, work it out. Make sure that the people that you're doing this with really understand what you're after because you're not dealing with an inanimate object, you're not dealing with a sex toy. You're dealing with a human mm-hmm. being with feelings and needs, and they may fall for you. You may fall for them. Yeah. It may be deeper. Yeah. You may have sex with somebody and then realize, oh, my God, we had such a mental connection. And maybe that's the one for you then. Maybe you were supposed to do that. Like, I never one to say, I'm, I say choice equals empowerment. But you really got to weigh out your choices and know that why you're doing what you're doing and what you think you're going to get out of it and... Just always remember, and that's what I get at when I say I realized I lost my jealousy because I realized that's a human being. That is not my sexual toy or my gigolo sexual toy. She is not here. He's not here to be someone's sexual fun. That's a human being with feelings and needs and what they're going to feel when it's said and done, and what they're going to. And you've now shared energy, deep, deep, deep deep sexual energy with that person. So. It's powerful. It's not to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to be a warrior goddess, you got to do it in a way that is so responsible and healthy. And then it's powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What do you feel? What do you
0: think? What's running through your head? What's your body feeling?
1: My my body is feeling... um, So what's running through my head is... For me, this connection, again, it might be one person, it might be multiple. It is so spiritual for me. It came through in a spiritual shamanic practice that I was doing for an apprenticeship, and it was so loud, and I felt really open during the practice, and afterwards shut down, and open and shut. So I'm really flowing with that, but I like the idea of consciously, if I decide to do this, or whoever, if it's with my partner, but like you said, that maybe a part of me is about recreating that first time. It is recreating no, I mean a safe practice and it not is. hit home that that's what I'm doing explicitly in a very big way that he's going to ask or she are going to ask consent at every stage and I have to look them in the eyes and say yes. So I'm reclaiming my energy from yes. those assault experiences that's what you're doing. through this practice. And that's what that's a lot what of women are like. doing,
0: but they don't do it consciously. God bless you for doing it consciously. God has blessed you for doing mm-hmm. it consciously because most of us don't realize sex on some level wounded us, and now it has power. And it's either disempowering for us or it's powerful for us because of some, but it's not, it's not. Is not we're really trying to recreate the first time the safety the or maybe it wasn't the first time if you were raped and you lost that sense that sense of I'm in control of my body and i'm we're a lot of us are constantly trying to recreate a sense of innocence fun joy pleasure, love, peace connection spirituality, all the things that love making is supposed to be mm hmm And we're not getting it. And then we have another one-night stand. And you're not going to get it from a one-night stand. You're just not. Oh, no,
1: I'm not doing that. Yeah, no.
0: (laughs) You're not. You're not (laughs) going to get it. You're going to do it. You're going to think it's, and then the next day you're going to wonder. You just, you just, I think the biggest thing I want to say to you is just remember when you're with another person sexually, they are not a sex toy. They are a human being. And as long as everyone really understands human beings have feelings, sometimes mm-hmm. you think they're going to handle it a certain way and they don't, and you better be prepared for all of that. It means yeah. you've got to really yeah. be in and woman energy and you can do this in woman energy. Don't do it in daughter energy. If you're no, going to do this, do this in deep woman energy.
1: I'm feeling the woman energy. Like the one person that's a maybe we're having multiple conversations and right now there's no touch. We're having conversations to see if this is something we are even interested in stepping in together and talking about unconscious agreements and, Awareness and where our wounding is. So it's really beautiful to be that vulnerable with somebody. Whereas earlier in my twenties, I definitely would have been more the one-night stand wild. And this is like I and you're that wild because you're to trying make to. Up for, and you're,
0: you're wild because there's a sense of um, power like you've had you had that power taken mm-hmm. from you so now you're in the power position that's why we become so wild <laughs> excuse me that's why we want to be the best lover that's why we want to be the greatest lover they've ever had that's why we want it's a performance the entire thing yeah. for most of my life was a performance until i took back my power and realized this is not a performance and i'm not here to perform for somebody i'm here solely for that deep spiritual connection love Safety, intimacy, um, pleasure, your needs, my needs, both of our needs. We're both in this. We're both 100% about pleasure, love, connection, safety, trust. And that for me now is like that's number one. And fun. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And healing wounds, like talking about yes. instead of being so wild to avoid insecurity, saying, hey, I'm really insecure about this part of my body. And I want to focus on that one part today yeah, in our wow. practice. There, and it doesn't always That's like
0: sexual effective. therapy. My goodness. That's like yeah, that's sexual that's therapy. And we don't have enough that's of that. We don't have enough people saying I want to consciously take back and heal those sexual wounds using sex to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're reclaiming your body and you're doing it in a way that sounds, and again, you got to ask yourself, are you lying to yourself? Are you convincing yourself of this? Or is this truly your soul's agreement and a need you need to have and fulfill in order to to heal?
1: Yeah, it feels soulful. It feels woman energy. It's just when that one voice comes in when I'm tired or you know just something happens that wounded voice comes in Of cause my mom was only with one person my father well that's it that's what it is And it comes from the in I'm going to
0: tell you something you think your mom was only with one person you really don't know
1: know she kept diaries for 13 years and i read them all um, and she was never drunk never smoked cigarettes never a very yeah. catholic well
0: that's where woman. Is, that's where a lot of this comes from there's also a rebellion mm-hmm. against what you grew up with there's a rebellion against that as well like if your mom had been like my mom swinging from the chandeliers you might have gone the opposite way like i did where i was like i just need to be with one person my whole life and i just need to make it work and i just need to be good and i just need to until i hit my 30s and i was like well, I still was with one person, and then I ended it and then got together with my husband. so I, d- I am still a very monogamous kind of one-person person, but I part of it, this is all stories, beliefs, your life script, your like it's deeper than it's the sexual wounds, it's, but when it comes right down to it, Naomi, it's your body, and you get to do what you want with it.
1: Thank you for doing
0: that. Let's do a little, uh, let's finish off with a goddess card. Um, are you right-handed or left-handed? Okay. Left-handed. I knew you were left-handed. I was actually going to say, you're left-handed, mm-hmm. aren't you? I just had a funny feeling you'd be a lefty. Okay. So, Naomi, <laughs> I'm shuffling the Goddess Power Oracle cards by Colette Baron reed and we're going to finish the call today just with picking a card. So, as I'm shuffling, when you are ready, you just say stop and... The deck is in my left hand, and as I'm shuffling, the card that's on the top of the pile will be the one we flip over, and I'll read you the message. Okay. Stop. Okay, here we go. Alliance. Let's read our message from, is it Hera? Let me just get to your. 29. 29, here we go. No, 20, sorry, 20. 20, 20, 20. Okay, Hera, the wife of Zeus. The Greek goddess Hera, wife of Zeus, knew intimately that positive alliances lead to great power. At this moment, you're magnetized to receive aid from people who have greater wisdom and can help you to the next level. Perhaps it's a mentor who appears as someone in the know, Making connections with others and finding strategic partnerships are favored right now as you explore the nature of becoming empowered by association. <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. This works well if you have a healthy sense of self-worth and if you're able to learn without diminishing yourself in any way. This is right in alignment. Right now here is supporting you to form beneficial alliances. Alliances, that means relationships. To form beneficial alliances for the greater good of all. When called to action or faced with a decision, ask, how does this benefit me and how can I serve the highest good as a result of this connection? You may also be called to give help to another who needs your mentorship. Give freely, for only good will come of it. This is a wonderful time for all manner of connection and collaboration. The alignment message, I'll just finish with this. There's a feeling of unease that sets in when you're in an unhealthy power dynamic with another person. As a result, you may compete and blame others for your discomfort, just as the goddess Hera did, when faced with evidence of the many betrayals of her husband Zeus, king of the gods of Olympus. Do you I get how this is so in alignment with what yeah. we're talking about? Like She was jealous, <laughs> She talks about she was jealous because her husband had sex with all these other women. Like she did, you might even stand up for someone who abuses their power to avoid seeing your own role in perpetuating the myth that you need to be a certain way to be accepted or valued. You may think the benefits of your willful blindness outweigh the price you're paying, but Hera knows that this will not serve you as an empowered, sovereign person. Fear and denial make for a potent hypocrisy. Hypnosis, one that's passed down generation to generation. No one chooses this dynamic intentionally. You may have stayed in a disrespectful relationship because you felt that the Alliance served you in some way, such as giving you security or status, but Hero wants you to be aware of these traits in yourself and be empowered in your own right, not through attaching yourself to the dominant power for a false sense of security or safety. Stand tall. Choose collaborative partnerships with deep mutual respect and encouragement don't chase what's popular or who will make you look good that won't last look for equality and see yourself as worthy ask yourself who would I be without this dynamic person situation your alignment task is to open your eyes and choose another way belong to yourself and align with the great goddess pulsing through your heart and the whole world she is one with real power bam yeah (laughs) bam so here is like I was really jealous Cause Zeus betrayed me a lot, and um, I think what she's saying is, uh, "Well, what do you think she's saying?"
1: I feel like I need to process that card. There's so much about like how does this benefit me in the alliances? Exactly. And I um. I yeah, think the message. I almost feel that. Yeah. Flipped, that second part flipped as my partner feeling that. Um, yes. Because. Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: there's a lot there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about this work is you want to be very conscious in this. And if it's not, mm-hmm. doesn't consciously feel great for the greater good, think about what you're doing. Because it's got to be good for you, but it's got to be good for this person that you say you love so much. Yes.
1: I'll find out tonight. <laughs> Keep us posted. Do tell, do kiss and tell. Please. I will share how it goes for sure. He's here for the whole weekend, so we're going to talk Have about a great it and time with really with Yeah. We set time aside to sit down and be real and honest. And about really where Naomi, we are.
0: see if you can get that level of consent and trust and love and learning to love every inch of your body with him first. Hmm every inch of your body that you think you have to do with somebody else give him a chance to be the one to do that with you
1: first oh, that's gonna make me cry that's a good point right there
0: yeah why do you want to let someone someone else that isn't the love of your life be the one to have these breakthroughs with you give him a chance first yeah. that's what i would yeah. say
1: Thank you. That is big. That is so big. Because I'm just like, he doesn't understand the spiritual world because he's so analytical, but he's willing to explore it for, like, he wants to because he sees my growth and
0: shit, Crystal.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just there blew you go. My mind.
0: I just felt it. <laughs> Give him a chance first because if this is the one, man, the spiritual connection you two could have could move mm-hmm. mountains. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Have lots of fun with the guy you're crazy about, first and foremost. Okay, darling? Yeah. Okay, Okay, thank you. Thank you. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. What a fun, great, exciting conversation. Juicy and all that fun stuff and delicious. And here's what I would say, you know, and my final thoughts is intimacy. Into me, I see. Intimacy is all about you and the deep spiritual connection you make with yourself and learning to love your body, pleasure yourself, be your own greatest lover, be your own best friend, work that stuff out with you. And then when you're with someone, that connection is so deep and it's so obvious. And if it's not there, you'll know, this is not where I want to go. Trust yourself, trust your body, trust your heart. Um, but it always does have to be for the greater good too. It can never just be what's good for you. So have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you so much, Naomi. You're so brave and amazing. And I'm so grateful to you, sister, for your courage. It's a conversation so many women wish they could have and want to have. So kudos to you for being a warrior goddess. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us today on Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. Of course, my name is Crystal Andrus Morissette, and it's been my honor to spend this time with you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show to get the coaching that you need, please visit www.swatinstitute.com. And remember,
1: empowerment equals choice. It's always up to you.